Cowboys 37, Giants 34. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Giants are 0-5, which sucks. Which sucks, man. Like, it's literally the worst in the league, us and the Jets. I think we're... Are we don't no, no the Falcons are winless. Maybe so maybe three winless teams left. I don't know. But it sucks to be 0 5. There's a lot to unpack from this game. Justin, because it was, you know, a lot going on. Refs, offense, the defense. I mean, this that's that I just explained football right there. There you go. A lot to unpack. And we obviously both went back and rewatched this game. Um 0 5 sucks, and that's that's I feel like that's the way we start the show. Oh, and five freaking sucks. No matter which way you put it, obviously we're not a good team. It's eleven p.m. Do you know where your children are? Bobby Skinner, uh, you rewatched the entire game. I rewatched the first half and the final offensive drive the Giants had, and but I also looked at some stats and I tried to break some things down and. Tried to read between the lines on some things. It's not good. 0-5 stinks. Losing stinks. Every week we start off with the same note of sadness. This one hurts again because, Bobby, if you really think about it, and this could be something where the Giants could spin something really positive when the season ends, three out of the five games that the Giants have had this year, Bears game, Rams game, and definitely this Dallas game, they had the opportunity to have a game-tying score, a game-tying drive, or a game-winning drive. And that makes it hurt a little bit more. Because it's not like, you know, you just brought up teams like the Falcons. No, Falcons did win a game, Bobby, because they won against the Cowboys. No, I'm sorry. They should have won against the Cowboys. God darn they it. They fired their coach and um, GM today, by the way. <laughs> they did. They did fire their coach and GM. But uh, it, just in comparison to the Jets, the Jets just haven't been competitive. The Giants... They've been competitive, and it's frustrating because you feel like they should win games. You feel like you know they put two quarters together very well, but they can't put four, and that evades them. And the Giants these past few years, they have found new ways to lose games, new and interesting ways to lose games instead of finding ways to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we start out 14-3, was it? Four- yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was fourteen three, and then was it seventeen three? Seventeen three. Yeah, seventeen three at one point. Yeah, Be- yeah. Um, and we'll we'll get to a turning point. I oh, man, I don't want to forget this, but that seventeen three really hurt because then it turned into a fourteen point swing for the Cowboys. No, I'll just get into it. So there was a third and seven that the Giants had on the plus side of the fifty yard line on Dallas's side of the field, and I, I'm always a guy that likes to look at like missed opportunities and turning points in the game. Um, and there was a lot of turning points in this game. You know, this is a legal procedure, the offensive pass interference. Um, but let's talk about this third and seven. That's a mini, a mini turning point in this game. Third down and seven. And this is a common theme also for this Dallas defense versus this Giants offense. Five guys, Bobby, on a third and seven. There were five guys on Dallas, on the Dallas's defensive line. Not four. Or, or, you know, they didn't bring five, you know, pass rushers with two blitzing linebackers or a safety. There were four down linemen plus an edge rusher that was standing up. Plus they brought like a safety up the middle. And that was the guy that had a free reign on Daniel Jones and why he had to check it down to Deion Lewis when Darius Slayton was wide open on like the Odell Beckham Jr. slant, which he ran in the second half successfully. But that third and seven that they had when the game was 14 to three, 
and then they put three points on the board to make it 17 to three. And you know, you're still feeling good. But Bobby, that the difference between the three points of making it 17 to three versus of making it 17 to three versus picking up a first down and possibly putting seven points on the board, which could really be a dagger in the second quarter. It's significant. It's just so, so significant. And that common theme, which I'll let you kind of elaborate on, Dallas was blitzing this Giants offense all day. What, and they just do not they do not respect the NFL is blitzing this offense. <laughs> they just don't respect the ability for Daniel Jones to throw the ball down the field, but also Jason Garrett doesn't give him the opportunity to throw the ball downfield on a consistent basis. I mean, think about that third down to Slayton on the sideline. Like that was it's like, why haven't we been taking those shots with Slayton all year? I mean, that those were the those were the exciting plays from 2019. Um, Daniel Jones, I would assume he's like going into this game, he was the most blitz QB in the NFL. I would assume that he still is after this game because they did blitz him a time. Oh, yeah. Because teams blitz the crap out of this offense. Because one, they're just banking on on mistakes and Jones making mistakes. The receivers, they don't respect them anyways, but they definitely don't respect them when basically it's like go to the first down line and turn around, um, which we'll talk about Garrett because it's like, oh, Garrett's creative. I don't want Garrett to be creative. I want him to be diverse, Um, which we'll probably get to Garrett after um, Jones. But teams don't respect this offense. And, you know, the offense did put up some points today, so it's not like it's it's not like it's the last two games where it was nine points, nine points, but they don't they don't respect this wide receiver group. And the only guy that is worth any respect is Slayton, and, and you know today he had eight catches, one hundred twenty nine yards. Should have been nine for one sixty and a touchdown. And Bobby, the thing about what Slayton did today compared to what he's done the last couple of weeks, and he was actually my giant factor heading into this game, where it's like, dude, we got to see you, we got to see you. Darius Slayton is this kind of wide receiver, or of course he's not good, you know, he's not gonna be your number one stud, elite ace wide receiver. But Darius Slayton deserves opportunities to just go up and make a play. Yes, yes. And sometimes and it's just as simple. Those. It's sometimes sometimes it's just as simple as that. Where, you know what, even if you have a cornerback kind of blanketed over you a little bit and he's grabbing one arm. Well, Darius Slayton can go, and if it's a well-placed ball by Daniel Jones, which for one of the two attempts on deep ball Darius Slayton uh, attempts and routes run today, one of the two was good ball placement, and it was even a better catch by Darius Slayton. Sometimes, Bobby, NFL offenses and passing offense is just as simple as letting your playmakers make a play. doesn't have to be super complicated with super complicated route concepts. Just have your guy go up and make a play. And we did that today. And it worked once. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's let's get it. So we're, we're beating around the bush. Let's talk about Daniel Jones. Um, on the day, 20 for 33, um, 222 yards. You'll talk. I know you got some advanced stats and stuff. Um, obviously, when you lose, the QB is going to take the heat. Um, I felt kind of good about his performance. And then I was like, okay, let me go back and rewatch it. He's the only reason this offense had points. I mean, talk about like, do we? Okay, I have a question. Do we feel good about how we ran the ball today? In the first quarter, yes. Outside of that, no. We This is probably the best we've felt about the running game, and they average 3.8 yards per carry, the running backs. If a running back averages 3.8 <laughs> yards per carry, we're, we're trying to move on from him, and that was the best we felt about the running game. I He's the only reason uh, people are in this play. People, are, this, this idea of, like, just find a way, it's so stupid and silly. It really is. It's a silly take. It's a silly take. He, did, he was the only one who found a way because when – yeah. We are being blitzed like crazy, and 
this offense is not like there's no shots to be taken, and when they are, we are taking them. But so these are these are the only way we make plays, and especially on third down. Daniel Jones scrambling and rolling out and throwing beautiful passes on the sidelines to Slayton. He had um, four of those, three of those completed today. One was dropped. Those made plays, and then him floating back in the end zone, floating back because he's getting just pressure up the middle, and and throwing a ball off his back foot, which he had a few of those on third down today. Yeah, Golden Tate caught a ball on the sideline. Um, there was, I think, who was, there was, yeah, Golden Tate had the out route, and then there was one that was on a comeback. Yep. I can't remember who caught that one. I'm guessing it was Tate because Ratley and Ford didn't have any catches, and I know it wasn't Ingram. So, he was the only one who made plays for the offense. Well, you know, him and, him and Slayton. Him and Slayton were the only people who made plays for this offense. So, yeah, I... Listen, the last two games you can trash Jones. We, I mean, we did, but I feel fine about Jones after this game. And this whole idea of just getting it done, go watch the like, it's it. Go watch the rest of the NFL. People were like, "Oh, look, Joe Burrow just gets it done." Did does he? Because he's got one win versus the Jags, and he got three points today, two fumbles, and interception. Missed people badly. They're <laughs> go around the NFL. There's no guys that are just like, "Oh, they just get it done. They just get it done." The only person you could say that for this year is pro- maybe Aaron Rodgers because he has Devontae Adams out. But even then, they're running the ball like crazy. This the only, it's the only, look at look at the Browns from last year to this year. Is, has Baker totally changed as a QB? No, they're actually working well as an offense. So this idea of just just get it done, and especially in the fifth game of the second year, it's silly. It's silly. The only person you can look at who just like balls out like crazy is Patrick Mahomes. And even like look at he has Andy Reid, who we love. Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Travis Kelsey, who's a top three receiving tight. And a good offensive line in front of him. So this idea of like up oh, QB, if we're not if he's not just dominating and putting the entire team on his back, he's not doing well. I mean that last drive, that last drive, the only good play on it was Jones scrambling out, running to the sideline, and putting a dart. And then if, if he just does throw it up into double, triple coverage, it, it gets intercepted and like, oh, he just needs to live for the next down. So which one is it? Which one is it? So, yeah. If Listen, I'm not telling people to like Jones, but this game isn't the one to bash him over. Bobby, I can very much understand if you just watched that football game and you're not psychotic like you and I are, where the game was at. First of all, that was a very long game. Game didn't end until almost eight o'clock. Um, if you're not psychotic like we are, where you know, I, Bobby and I FaceTime right after that game, and I said I have to rewatch that game because I was incredibly frustrated with Daniel Jones. I was incredibly frustrated with Daniel Jones. Me watching it, I was thinking about. Why is Daniel Jones just moving backwards, backwards, backwards? He doesn't have this arm strength to just back up 10 yards and then try to throw it an additional 10 yards down the field past the line of scrimmage. That's what I was thinking as I was watching it. Why is Daniel Jones not stepping up in the pocket? But then as I'm re-watching the game, and I you know I, I looked at this, the, the completion percentage over expected, I'll get into that in a second, I don't know. You could probably count maybe on both hands, both hands, probably definitely not more than more than both sets of your own hands. The amount of plays, positive, good plays that this offense had that wasn't off scripted by Daniel Jones. They were all the biggest plays, (laughs) the, the biggest plays that this offense had today. 
you know, I guess maybe besides the big play to Slayton where he had the one-handed catch, where he basically, Daniel Jones had that three-step, five-step drop back, just throws the ball up to him. All of the big plays of this offense today, outside of, and, t- and I'm talking about the passing offense, were off-scripted. They were with Jones scrambling to his left, rolling back to his left, running to his right, and I've privately in my head criticized Daniel Jones many times for having athleticism, but not being able to throw it on the run. He certainly, that criticism is not valid today. So I want to get into the CPOE numbers. And I, again, I understand where you're coming from. Bobby, I really do. When people have that take of quarterbacks just have to get it done. You know what, Bobby? It's a quarterback-driven league. And they do. But there is more nuance. And there is, this Giants offense is so bad. And there is not a single facet and asset of the offense that is helping out any other part. There isn't. We're five weeks in and we're still looking for that one unit or that one person or that one positional group to step up and try to elevate the play of the other people around him. Nobody is. Jones arguably kind of did it today. So completion percentage over expected. Daniel Jones's raw completion percentage was 60.6 today. His expected completion percentage was 53.4, and this is from NFL Next Gen Stats, which looks at player tracking data. Where is the ball going? How uh, or how are wide receivers creating separation? So his CPOE was plus 7.2, and that was fifth best out of all QBs in the NFL this weekend before the Sunday night game. What this tells me is that Jones has nowhere to throw the ball, no one gets open, and the scheme does nothing to help him. Because, Bobby, when NFL Next Gen Stats is saying that your expected completion percentage is 50%, what, as a quarterback, are you supposed to do? Make it happen. Just make it happen. You got to just make it happen. (laughs) You just figure it out. Figure it out. That's what you got to do. Just figure it out. And maybe maybe this is a good philosophy, but basically... People's expectations for QBs is Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or yeah. or or bust. There's no, I don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be on Patrick Mahomes level. I don't. Um, but it's like, is it is it wrong to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's screwed. This offense is screwed. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, am I wrong for being like, hey, if he if he ends up having like if he ends up being Matt Ryan, obviously we want the Super Bowls to go along with it, not just you know, right? But is it wrong to expect Matt Ryan? I th- I think his play player comp is Big Ben. Um, now Big Ben won won early because he had a really good team around him. He had the worst Super Bowl performance ever from a winning QB in a second year. That's that seemed to be like his play style um, to me. I mean, maybe I'm the crazy. No, I, maybe I'm the crazy one who's like not expecting enough. I don't know. Well, here here's the thing, and this this it goes back to the point where point to me the unit around Daniel Jones that is elevating the play. Now the quarterback is expected to elevate the play of everyone around Slayton him. And, today. And Daniel Jones is Slayton. At, you know, he was breaking yeah. off routes when when things weren't going on platform. Um, Golden Tate. By the way, I'm sorry for getting on you for not liking him. Maybe you know. He obviously worked better last year as a playmaker, but he's been useless. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad. I I don't I don't want to celebrate how I was right about Golden Tate. But let me say this one thing about Jones. Daniel Jones this week 
was second in the NFL, again, before the Sunday Night Football game, second in the NFL in time before the release. Patrick Mahomes was first. So this week, I'm not going to come out and say that the blocking was great. Now, I think we need to kind of move to the offensive line maybe and talk about Andrew Thomas. I know there was a ton of people getting on Andrew Thomas. Um, We also do have to talk about the fumble by Daniel Jones as well. But this offense is centered around getting the ball out of your hands quick. What what world are we living in where Daniel Jones is holding onto the ball for 2.8 seconds, almost three seconds, every single passing attempt where our air yards where Bobby on average, we're throwing the ball down the field like seven, eight yards per passing attempt, probably even less than that. What world are we living in where Daniel Jones has to hold onto the ball for three seconds and we're throwing, we're not even throwing the ball past the sticks. You want to know one like, reason why? What are we doing? You want to know one reason why? Because Garrett keeps calling those bullshit calls where it's two slants and a curl. Um, Dan Snyder, I, I think he said, it, Dan Snyder said it perfectly about this offense. Jason Garrett's scheme is to get 10 yards every three plays. That's, I, I, I think he put it perfectly, to get 10 yards every three plays. It's not about making chunk plays. And honestly, what have we seen the mistakes on? These slants and these curl outs. Because it's it could, because those passes are not expected to be like those passes are like hey even if he looks a little covered you got to trust that he gets uncovered and those have what have led to turnovers this year and Jones I really think Jones is like I'm not doing that anymore sorry sorry I'm not throwing I'm not throwing curl flats to Evan Ingram anymore I'm not throwing no. slants and curls where they're running into each other I'm I really think he's like I'm not I am not doing that anymore sorry Jason Garrett I'm not doing that anymore. And there were two interceptions that Jones almost threw today, and they were out routes. For I, I can't really exactly remember if one was to Caden. Definitely one was to Caden Smith. Another one might have been to a wide receiver. He's thrown down and away. The other one was. He's thrown the down other one and was away Darius because Slayton. of it. You know, and so these these this, this little Y option, which I hyped up all off season, has killed the Giants. You know, this Y option that's supposed to be either you're running a button hook or you're running a or you're running an out route to the sideline. It's killed the Giants because defenses know that it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> they just and it's totally blanketed. And Jones is expected to make the throws, and guys just aren't executing. We also got a touchdown taken off the freaking board, dude. That was one. Rub routes are ran in the NFL. Everybody runs rub routes every week, and they score off them. And that wasn't even a rub route. He was running a slant. When you play press coverage, that's the chance you take as a defense. That's what the chance you take when you run press coverage. So a third down touchdown was taken off the board because of that. Like, and you know, we're not the we're not blame the ref type of guys. Like, you almost rarely ever hear us come and talk about the referees after a game. But my gosh, they screwed that up. And if you want yeah. the fake field goal, if you want to be like he wasn't set, okay, fine, okay, fine. But that was a garbage call, and it took four points off the board. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the. I was really mad at the field goal. I want to move to the fu- Jones fumble after this and then talk about Thomas a little yeah. bit, and then we can move to defense. Um, but I think the, the field goal penalty was petty. I understand, and I'm speaking of this as a Giants fan. If Bobby, if we were on Talking Football and we're talking about this Giants game on Monday morning, I'll say, yeah, you know, that's the that's the call. That's the call you need to make. He wasn't set. But I've watched I watched it 75 times. Cam Fleming was getting into two-point stance, and his hands were probably an inch away from touching his his thighs when the ball was snapped. 
I think it was a very petty call. It had no impact on the play itself. None of the Giants off like the the linemen on the field goal team, none of them moved. So it, it had no impact on the play. It wasn't like, oh, this one guy would have went in and 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 tackled the punter and tackled Riley Dixon before he threw the ball. No. No, no one was ready for that play. No one was ready for that snap. And it was well executed except for that, you know, of, of course, for Cam Fleming. So, yeah, blame Cam Fleming. Get mad at him. Petty call. But also the off, the the, the off, offensive pass interference, illegal contact. That was a bad – that's a you've garbage call. There's no, like, homerism in that. That's a garbage call. You've definitely seen a lot worse. As, and I even against the Giants. The Giants in years past have gotten that pick play run against them in the red zone. And it's been a lot more egregious. Than Rub that. routes are legal as long as you're not literally just go. Your goal is not to block. That's that is the chance you take when you tra- play press coverage. It's legal. It's legal to run a slant. Like so, if a guy's lined up inside, you're like, sorry, I'm not allowed to do an inside release. You're just not allowed. Like that's a garbage call. Let's talk about the Jones fumble and the Thomas, and and the no holding call on one of the one yeah. of the Gallup uh, catches too. That that also screwed us. So three. So for arguably what you you what we have eleven points because we kicked a field goal on one of the drives eleven point swing plus a huge thirty forty yard play that should have been minus ten yards for the Cowboys yeah. so tough so let's talk about the Thomas stuff man that was a brutal play from Thomas um actually tell me besides that play what you thought of Thomas because I wasn't focused in on it but I tried um I'm gonna have a tweet coming out tomorrow morning on the the first third down attempt of the game where Jones the completed flicker? a little curl no no okay that it must not be the first third down but there was a, a button hook where Darius Slay- a curl route where Darius Slayton ran in the middle of the field and he got some yards after the catch on a third down in the about. first quarter so there was actually a guy that got a nice hit a QB hit on Daniel Jones and it was from an interior defensive lineman. I'm not smart enough, and I don't know the protections. I don't know the calls. It looks like that Andrew Thomas whiffed on him, but it also I also could have seen him. There's an edge rusher on the left side who is being unblocked. I'm going to pass this guy to Will Hernandez, who's hopefully going to pick him up. As Will Hernandez, there was nobody directly in front of him, and he was working on Nick Gates. So we're lucky that's not a sack. Um, over. Well, I will say this about Andrew Thomas. The, when when we had our most success running the ball today, where the big chunk plays came in the run game, it was running to the left side. Yeah. Andrew Thomas, well, Kevin Zeitler was pulling, Caden Smith was pulling, and really made some nice blocks, really ran some guys over, and Andrew Thomas was moving up to the secondary level by the linebackers, making some nice blocks down the field. But there's also some other plays, Bobby, where I saw Andrew Thomas, he got beat off the outside, and Daniel Jones does a nice job just stepping up in the pocket. Thomas just washes him out. It doesn't look pretty on tape, but Jones just steps up in the pocket, so it's no harm, no foul. Um, that that, But the play on the fumble, man, that was bad. Um, especially on a play-action play fake where it's designed to get the quarterback away from the pass rush. Yeah, and, and I mean... I mean, there's there should be... Like, he has, like... The Steelers game, I was taking a victory lap on him. You can't do – I mean, there's been games where it's like, okay, he had these bad plays, but he looked good overall, and maybe that's where this game falls in. But let's, he needs to put together a complete game. Obviously, it's game five, so it's not like you move on. But the issues that we talked about of him coming in, and this is why I thought the – I know we're probably repeating ourselves, but the he doesn't have a high ceiling stuff was garbage because it's like, I don't know. I think he has like the, the most fixable things to work on where it's – 
It's he he mistimes his punch sometimes. Like where he, I think yep. he just re- like at college he relied like his athleticism won, and that's why he was able to dominate players because it's just his athleticism. Where in the NFL you can't do that, so um, he's definitely yeah. got some things to work on. His athleticism is showing up in the run game. Yeah, <laughs> you know him getting him getting out of his stance, him getting to that secondary level, making the blocks down there. It's just he's he's got to adjust to these to these edge rushers and to the speed of the game. You know, leaning leaning is tough. Leaning is tough and keeping your base. Um, you know, you'll break down more on your offensive line report this week. Um, but also about that fumble, Andrew Thomas is going to have bad plays. This offensive line is going to have bad plays. Now it's it's very frustrating that it comes on a play action rollout and that's an unacceptable play by Thomas. But why is it that every time? that Daniel Jones doesn't fumble the ball, and when he's hit and sacked in the pocket, it's a surprise. He, Bobby, he needs to sense pressure, and I know it's coming from the blind side, but this is where uh, this is where I will say other quarterbacks do this. He needs to sense pressure and hold on to the ball because that was such a big swing. That, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was seven points, and that tied the game. Yeah, the fumbles are, are a real issue, man, and... You know, it doesn't feel as bad as last year, but the number, like, I mean, he had the Bears game, he had one. He had um, one this game, and then he had one against the Rams that um, he recovered. So three fumbles in five games, which, crazy enough, is like half the rate of last year. Um, but it's still, like, it's still not a problem. And because of how much he did in his rookie year, it's going to be scrutinized. And honestly, um, it's, it's, it's just going to be scrutinized. And he did this, he did start to, like, kind of scramble on that play, but he's just, I mean, he's got to protect the ball. He's got to protect the ball. Yeah. He did get blasted. Like, you know, it kind of reminded me of that Tom Brady um, fumble last year when we played them on when Lorenzo Carter and the Marcus Golden touchdown. Listen, I mean, that was that was the biggest critique of him coming out of his rookie year was the fumbles. And, you know, there's three three and five games isn't good. That's on a pace for nine, ten, which, like you said, it's crazy enough. No, it's, he has four. No, he the Ingram. I'm not counting year. the Ingram one. The the toss. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it, got um, it. We're talking about ball security. Um, so yeah, so yeah, and it's crazy that Thomas has been an upgrade over Solder. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's he's struggled and he's been an upgrade over Solder, which is wild. Mr. Yeah. Brownstone just said that in the chat, so I, he um he brought that up. All right, um, all right, Bobby, Bobby, I have a question for you. We're we're about half an hour in, probably a little less. The offense scored points today. Let's let's finish this up. You know, we've we've talked the crew, the not. I don't want to talk. I don't want to say making excuses for Jones because I know the YouTube comments and I don't, and I know the comments we may get on social media are going to say you all you all are making excuses for Jones. We're care. trying to not make, but we're trying. I, I that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're trying to contextualize and say. This is what's happening around you. Justin. Talking about this football is, with sense is as logically as is called making excuses. So you could comment all you want, tweet at me. I don't care. I'm fine with Jones's game today. He's the only reason offense put up points. But let me ask you this question: because the offense did score points, and for the first time this year, we scored over 30 points. Scored touchdowns today. You know, one of one of course was on the defensive side of the ball. It, it, positive. Positive signs, positive, because I even got this critique even online too, where where Garrett was creative today. Positive signs, positive things coming from the offense today and moving forward. Garrett was creative because he did like some trick plays and stuff, which is good. Keep doing that. But his offense is still the same. 
It's still the same. It's still the same stuff. Jones needs to. I, that's what I'll say about Jones. He needs to just kind of ignore Garrett at times, and that might be like, is that his personality? Does he have that Aaron Rodgers personality, where like like that Darius Slayton go ball? He ha- he needs to just decide on his own. Be like Slay, go deep, go d- like on this third down. If 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 they're not playing, if they don't bring a safety over immediately, I'm hitting you because I'm not throwing these five yard curls and slants. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Doing trick plays and and sweeps to Evan Ingram, I like that. Keep doing that, Jason Garrett. But the offense is it's the same exact offense. I'm I'm not gonna rail against Garrett because, like you said, we did put up points today. But uh, I mean, Garrett didn't prove us wrong in this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where this is the weakest defense that we faced this year. So you know, kudos to this Giants offense for doing what they were expected to do. But we're still walking away from this game and saying the execution of the things that should inevitably work for this Giants team is still not good enough. There was no running game from the second quarter to the fourth quarter. They did a great job in the first quarter. Nick Gates got called for a bullcrap holding call, too. That was not a hold. That was not a hold. Eh, when you look at it as slow he, motion, that's not a hold. That that was the same play the he buried play. the Rams' nose tackle on last week. That is the same play. That is not a hold. I could not believe they called that crap. That pissed me off so bad. That was not a hold. If that's a hold, we he need to call holding him, every time. He had him on the shoulder pad. So, and then tough. when he went to move, he took he he let go of his clamp and then pushed and and went to go bury him. That's the same exact. If that's a hold, then we need to not go and talk about that pancake he had last week on the nose tackle because that was not that's not right. hold. Fair, fair. That pissed me off so bad. Um, that pissed me off so bad when they called that because I'm like, come on, Gates. And then I saw it, and they, you know, they slowed in slow motion where he's like, not a hold, bad call, bad call. Now that thing that didn't lose us the game because Jones had a nice throw on a third down after that, but that was not a hold. And then people being like, why didn't Jones throw the ball away on where he got hit up in the backfield and ran? It's like, that's because that's a penalty. That's the legal man downfield. Yeah. It was a run play. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was a run play, and it would have been a legal man downfield. Well, then people were like, well, wouldn't you rather have the five yards? instead?" It's like, you think Daniel Jones gets lit up, breaks the tackle, and is like, should I do a, a legal man downfield or just try and run? I mean, come on. <laughs> They did some RPOs. Um, that was the the Odell Beckham Jr. slant route yes. that Darius Slayton ran a few times. One of them maybe could have possibly been an interception. That was, but that um, was but that Jones, was whole defensive yeah. holding. You're talking about to Slayton on the right side. Yeah, yeah, that was no. You're right. I was saying the same thing as I was watching the game that live. Was where it should have been defensive holding. Again, yeah, man. yeah, tough. But here, so here, so here's the thing. Positive things the offense did. But why Bobby and I basically spent the first 30 minutes of the show talking why we're still disgruntled with the offense as a whole, it's because this Dallas defense is not talented. They're not talented. No, they are talented. They're just bad. Or, or they're bad. Okay. I know that sounds sure. dumb, but they, they're they just, they're poorly coached. Um, They're, they're, they're poorly coaching because they have talent. I mean, Alden Smith, Everson Griffin, Demarcus Lawrence, they're talented. Jalen Smith is very talented. Um, even some of their DBs are talented. They're just not, they're just a badly coached team, um, with some young guys and losing Vander S was huge for them. Losing Vander yeah. S was huge for them. Um, and Sean Lee, 
not having Van Der Esch and Sean Lee um, hurt them. Whereas like when Van Der Esch yeah, was Jay- down last year, Sean Lee was able to do that, and then Jalen Smith was able to be his instinctive self. Jalen Smith balled out. I mean, there the the screen the screen game here. We'll even talk about that too. That was working. I feel like in the first quarter, second quarter, maybe second half, they continued tried to they continued to do it, and it's like no, not working out. They're they've seen it enough. Yeah. <laughs> so offensively, so I would assume. We're not going to do the whole Dave Gettleman conversation, but we're assuming he's being fired at this point. Um, man, they get. I I hope this team doesn't stick to Garrett. Um, and then next year, they got to they got to get the right offensive coordinator in because then it's it's year three with Jones, and then if it's not there after year three, then it's time to move on. You know. Anyways, let's not let's not do the whole big picture stuff. That's what Wednesdays are for. Um, do you do you need to take a break or should we just roll right into the defense? How's my Wi-Fi? Fine. Okay, let's. I'm ready to roll into the defense. I don't. I I didn't watch any of the defensive series, by the way. But I I, I have some notes and some things. The Cowboys are. What's by the way? That sucks for Dak, dude. Like him yeah. crying. Like now the Cowboys aren't my team. But if him crying like that, dude, like on like a, a human level, like that broke me down. Like I didn't. I wasn't crying, but it's like if he was on my team, I would be crying. Like that was. Yeah. Like you just. I don't know. Tim McGraw's song, Grown Men uh, Don't Cry, is one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, it really is. All right. I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, no. Well, I have something about that. Um, even I'm sure he's not thinking about this as he's on the cart, but the thing that I was thinking about is think of – now, he may come back. He may come back this year. But think of just the Dak? financial – Oh, Dak, the yeah. Carter? No, Dak's not coming back. His ankle's broken, dude. Oh, well, well, I thought if if you don't tear anything bad, then I, I don't know. I'm not it's a, a doctor. broken ankle. Um, He's not coming back to see. No. At first, it looked but, so bad. I was like, "Is that his heel? Did his shoe just come off?" And Tony Romo's yeah. like, it's, yeah, that, "It might be a cramp." It's like, dude, that's not a cramp. <laughs> no, it's not. But even just think of the financial ramifications for him, and the dude literally could be getting. You know, he could have gotten close to. Four hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. So and, reminder why did not get mad at players for trying to get their money. Yeah. So that that's what I was thinking about. As he and he's he's not thinking about that. That's the thing I was thinking about. Like this dude, literally is gonna let that much money. And he's still he he's may still, still get, get paid. But it, he's it, still gonna get paid whether it it's closed. with the Cowboys or somebody else. Well, let's yeah. talk about the defense. Um, obviously didn't play well today. But are you Lorenzo Carter going out? And it looks like Lorenzo Carter might be out for a, a while. It's you know the early reports are that it's, it's an Achilles injury. Um, so Golden and Fakra had to play all the reps, which I actually think kind of Golden came in and had a sack. But I think them not being able to be rotated um, hurt them. I just think Golden we, looked bad. We said we said <laughs> we said um, going into this game that the Dallas are, is a deadly offense, and they are. Those what like CD Lamb is real deal. Um, Bradbury shut down. Dude, if this Giants team was winning, James Bradbury being the best core in the NFL would be a conversation. I mean, he takes number one wide receivers and just shuts them down. Did Amari had what one catch today? Uh, yeah. James Bradbury is playing like the best. Like, it sucks we're losing. We can't like talk about it a lot because he's, we're losing. But he's playing like the best. Like, it's unbelievable how like, you know, like we just trust him. We just trust him on the other side. CeeDee Lamb's a beast. 
It seemed I'm trying to find how many catches he had. Do you have that in front of you? Um, no, I don't. You can look it up. I'm going I'm to get it. Keep talking. All right, so it seemed like defensively it was a similar game plan to the Rams, but different in a sense where it's like, hey, we're going to trust our D-line to stop the run. We're going to play Blake and, and Tay Crowder off. We're going to trust our D-line to stop the run, and they didn't do it. That was frustrating. Um, last week they did a brilliant job of it, but it seemed like this week that Dex and Leonard Williams like weren't – they just weren't there. You know what I'm saying? Which is sucks because those guys are the guys we're supposed to count on being there, and they weren't there. And then and then Blake, like I said, they were playing off. They were trying to stop stuff. CeeDee Lamb's just they, – they're a very talented offense. We have some bad players on defense. And like I said, I wasn't mad about, at Patrick Graham after the 49ers game. There's nothing I'm really mad at. Like, there's no play call from Patrick Graham where I'm like, come on, Patrick Graham. Like, we kind of went into this like, hey, they – they're an awesome offense. They're averaging 450 passing yards per game, a ton of points. Um, and when you have Ryan Lewis, Darnay Holmes, man, he's like becoming a really good blitzing corner, uh, nickel corner, which yeah. is like Logan Ryan's yeah. been known for doing that. You wonder if that has any role. Um, so I don't know. I like they gave up a ton of points, but I'm not. I'm not like this damn defense screwed us over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, technically it was 30 points. The offense gave up, right? Yes. So. Or I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. Thirty points the defense gave up because they had the seven points for the def- defensive touchdown that kept the, that the Cowboys had. C.D. Lamb had 124 yards, which was approximately 45 percent of the Cowboys' offense today. Dak just 45 percent of the tight windows and C.D. making yeah. crazy catches. Yeah, I I thought Darnay, you know, it it kills me because Darnay Holmes. Typically, C.D. Lamb is the slot receiver and Darnay Holmes is the slot corner, so the natural thing that you want to do is blame Darnay Holmes, but at the same time, you always remember, you know, this guy's a rookie, he's still adjusting to the game. And it seemed like a lot of zone stuff, too, so it wasn't, like, directly on yeah. Holmes. Even though there was bad yeah, plays the, on Holmes, but it seemed like it was a lot of, like, zone, like, like make them fit it in oh. the middle, you know? Well, well I'll, I'll hold that note, but also the pass deflection that he had in the red zone, the first drive of the game. Yeah which, you know, you're talking about that's the difference between three and seven points, which, in my opinion, a turnover in the red zone is just, you know, you're putting lipstick on a pig for a turnover. <laughs> um, you know, and and don't say, oh, Justin, that's a bad take. Field goals aren't turnovers. You're putting points on the board. Uh, watch the Giants this year, the first four weeks of the season, and tell me that turnovers aren't, and tell me that field goals aren't just glorified turnovers because they really don't do much to help you really increase your chances to win the game unless it's like I get the point you're making a, but a calling game. them glorified turnovers is a little extreme. That's my well that's my that's my analytics hot take for the day. There you go. You got one. I, I and it's unfortunate I talked glowingly about Adrian Colbert because you talked about the zone defense there Bobby and how CD you know CD Lamb was targeted pretty deep down the field. He had eight catches, 124 yards, uh 11 targets, so you know he was getting a decent amount of you know uh, yards per uh catch. So I found a lot of the time that when C.D. Lamb was making those catches over the middle of the field, Adrian Colbert was the guy that was making the tackle. He got flagged twice for... Um, what are the guys supposed to do? Uh, I know this is a five-year-old yeah. conversation at this point, but what is the safety supposed to do in that situation? Like, that's, are you supposed to, another, like, lean another... your neck back all the way to make sure... Like, it's 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 either you let him come down and take three steps, and which is, like, impossible because it's, like, it just defies physics... Or you just totally take out a dude's knees. Like, I get that his helmet touches their helmet, 
But it's like they're those are there for a reason. And like I said, this is a five year old conversation, but that's frustrating because it's like, what is the safety supposed to do? It's not like he wasn't targeting. It'd be one thing if he was targeting like Brandon Merriweather like um style. But he's tackle like he's he, he, he they were good form tackles. Yeah, I, I actually there was actually a targeting penalty during the high school game that I was calling this weekend. And as the color commentator, you I said, went off. Like, oh, when, my God, he lit his ass up. That's what you get when no, you mess no, with the dogs. No, but he led with the shoulder. It was the same thing in the high school game where, you know, I know the second one, Colbert. High led school with football head, fans will even? love if you were just like, that's bullcrap. What are you supposed to do? High, sc- <laughs> high school people at Friday night high school football fans are going to be all on your side. What I said was, you're you're de incentivizing kids to play the game of football. You know, you're not allowing them to play the game of football the way that it's supposed to be played. And even when there's you know good hits of you know making hits with the shoulder, if the head you know notches back and if it snaps back, you know it, it, you're you're more likely than not going to get that 15 yard penalty. But regardless, why I brought up Adrian Colbert is because I I he was like an underrated giant factor of mine. And he was certainly a giant factor from what it seemed like, you know, just watching the game. He allowed some plays over the middle of the field and it wasn't good. I don't think Julian Love would have done much better because Julian Love is just not a natural deep center field safety. They were using a lot of two single high safety looks. So all that offseason talk of Patrick Graham running solely a single high, you know, single high safety, that's pretty much irrelevant. But yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm interested to see the linebacker play from Blake this play, this game to see like if it was scheme yeah. or if he was getting beat. Because what's frustrating is that their offensive You're- line was banged up and we should have had more plays from our our guys up front. I have a question, and we'll and hopefully maybe somebody can answer this. Uh, uh, somebody, if you're listening to this show for Wednesday's mailback question, I want you to ask the question. Hey, Justin and Bobby. Well, I mainly, I mainly want you to ask it to Bobby because he's really smart. Hey, Bobby. The Rams ran a lot of play-action bootleg plays where it was either check it down to the tight end or throw it to the wide receiver to crossing route or take it and run it yourself. They ran a lot of those play-action bootlegs last week, and the Giants did a good job of shutting them down. What was the difference this week against the Cowboys where the Cowboys were running very similar concepts of play-action bootlegs, and it was working for them for the majority of the game? So that's my Quick. question. What I think it was is that with the Rams, they would take that tight end or back and they would curl them. And the Giants were using a defensive line to cover that. Where this week, they put those guys out in the flats. I think that was the biggest difference. I'm not, I, I, like I said, I'm not for sure. That's, that's what I was thinking in game when that was happening. So just get it done. Just get it done. Yeah. Ryan Lewis looked good until the final drive. Yeah, I mean he trips that's, he trips over Gallup's legs and instead of making a play on the ball Gallup, Gallup has made an, that an, catch. A, that's I mean two catches. Yeah, that's a, that was a crazy play by Gallup. You're just praying is it, it out of bounds. Are we are as Giants fans is it okay for us to say that we should be really embarrassed on both sides of the ball because literally the Cowboys lost their franchise player? And we came out and we, and now I understand Andy Dalton is no Kyle Allen, right? They, he played better though. Andy Dak Dal- was like, look at Dak's stats. He wasn't doing nothing special. Yeah. No, but, uh, and, Andy but Dalton played better as a whole, as a whole, it took the giants an entire quarter against the bears to 
really make you feel like they got over losing Saquon and the players really, you know, they had to go to the locker room, have that, you know, their their 15 minute intermission. And then they came out and they played good football. Yeah. Whereas the Cowboys kind of like low key right away. All right. Moving on. Well, yep. as much as there's jokes being made about Andy Dalton, he ain't scared. And that was like a that was a ballsy throw. Um, yeah. Gallup. There's a reason why Gallup is averaging over 20 yards per catch this season. Through five games, he's averaging over 20 yards per catch. Um, all right, that's a show, man. I mean, we we I think we fit everything in there. Have we missed anything? Let me go. Let me go, let me go through my notes. Was there any dumb tweets um, we could read from today? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there was. Do you want me to go through some of my replies? Because I've tweeted about Jones. Tonight. Yeah, but no, we got to like they got to be like show up on your timeline, not in your replies. Replies don't count. Oh, okay. Let's see notes. Um, two curls, two slants, stick routes. I mean, that's the that's the Jason Garrett offense. Run to the yellow line and turn around. We're getting blitzed like crazy. Back playing and rollout plays. Do you want to talk about basketball? Yeah, LeBron wins title four. It's weird. The bubble makes it not feel real. Um, you know, it's just not having the not having the fans there for a championship is super weird. Like it's just it didn't feel right. Which I kind of wish they would just been like for the finals. We let these guys go and play in their courts. Like I think it's real. No, like, the title's real, but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a championship atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. It, it doesn't feel real because they're celebrating with no. There's no. They're they're just celebrating yeah. with themselves. There's no crowd going crazy and like it just it's like it's like watching an aau game or you know a summer league yeah. game nets are gonna win the title yeah. next year i'm telling you all you knicks wow. fans and we so freaking jealous because i'm gonna win a championship next year steve lash steve nash is leading the way Kyrie doesn't need to be a leader he's number two kevin durant's number one we're gonna go out and make some moves we're gonna get rid of spencer dinwiddie i can't stand spencer dinwiddie if we need the trade, if we need the trade, Levert, we'll trade Levert. But we're gonna go out and make moves, and we will be the 2021 NBA champions. Guarantee. What's going on with the Warriors? They're they gonna be back. They'll be back. They have the second pick in the draft. It'll be interesting if they trade it or. <laughs> oh, if I were them, I would just draft James Wiseman. He is a rim runner. I I like Wiseman. I I know people hate this draft, but I I think Wiseman is pretty good. There's also. Um, Killian, Killian Hayes. I actually went and watched him like when the lottery happened. I actually like him. I'm totally out on Lamelo Ball. I actually think like R.J. Hampton's better than Lamelo Ball, and I don't even like R.J. Hampton. Take going, going like Lamelo Ball for me is like undraftable. He's undraftable for me. Wow, wow. I'll take. <sighs> All right. That's 2021 NBA champions. That's talking basketball. Is Hope part of you hoping the Astros win the World Series just to see what happens? No, <laughs> no. Just the, you. You are you are a man who likes chaos. Oh, I love chaos. <laughs> You're like the Joker. It would be funny though that if Tampa won two titles in one year and they couldn't celebrate any of it with their fans, <laughs> oh, the Lightning yeah. and the Rays, which sucks for me because I'd like to go and enjoy those championships. Like when Orlando was in there, I would go like in the NBA Finals. I would go to Orlando. And hang out out like it's a fun atmosphere where this year is just you don't get that. No. Sucks. Taylor Taylor Hall signed with the Buffalo Sabres. Miss him with the Devils, but you know, we're rebuilding. It's all right. Um <laughs> Mr. Chicken said, Don't say that, Bobby, take it back. I'm not rooting for the Astros. But I do think it's fun like because our company is like so like I like playing the heel sometimes, you know, with like now 
those are the same people who annoy me with the Giants. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I'm so invested. And it's just people are just like, ah, da, 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 yeah, da, you da, hypocrite. Da. And it's like, oh, I know. I know I'm a hypocrite. I know I'm a hypocrite. Um, Yeah. Jason Kidd wins his second title. Second title for Jason Kidd. What did he? What is he that? out of uh, 11 finals triple doubles? And that's like third of all time? Is that what that stat was that you tweeted out? Yeah. It's a goat. Um, my, you know, I, like I said, I'm down here in Florida, so I have a lot of Orlando Magic friends. So I called my friend and was like, everything good about Orlando wins a title in LA. Shaq wins his titles in LA. Mm. Dwight Howard wins a title in mm. LA. Frank Vogel wins a title in LA. Mm. He's like, well, what else? And I was like, that's it. That's the only good thing about your franchise is those, is those Frank Vogel. Obviously it's not like they're missing him. Um, I actually think, uh, Steve Clifford's a pretty damn good coach down in Orlando. I played one year, two years of fantasy basketball. My first year, I won it. Made a big trade for Aaron Aflalo. So Aaron Aflalo and the Orlando Magic have a nice place in my when he heart. is with the Magic? Yeah, he had a really good okay. year. Had a really good year. One year, and a really good year with the Magic. And uh, I actually packaged him and Mike Conley for a trade for Paul George. And that was like, literally, it was a league-winning move. Yeah, so I'm guessing that was Paul Pacers, Paul George. Pacers Paul George and he it was he was never a great fantasy basketball player you know he's, he's a decent basketball player just never a great fantasy Paul George player. Paul George is a loser oh here we go he is a loser I knew That's I would beat people, you into that one like people are like oh we should the Nets should trade like no please keep that loser away from my franchise I'm gonna win a title next year with the Nets all right you're talking like snacks snacks is like I am a two-time Super Bowl I deserve <laughs> it I went through so much pain in New Jersey I sat there and watched the Spurs <laughs> go on a 19-0 run in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. I'm sitting there. We're up by 10 the entire game. I think we're going to Game 7, and anything can happen in Game 7. And just watch the Spurs go on a 19-0 run. I mean, just heartbroken. Watching David Robinson celebrate his last game as a champion on Father's Day. God, that was brutal, man. That was the probably my lowest moment as a sports fan. Probably my lowest moment as a sports fan was that. Besides today, obviously. Happy Father's Day, David Robinson. Screw you, David Robinson. All right, let's end the damn show. Please tweet at me about Daniel Jones tomorrow. Please. Please. All right, end the damn show. Let's beat Washington this week. Let's not go 0-6. And let's go Big Blue.